Is higher education pushing ideas that can dismantle the black family, in turn, dismantling the black community altogether? Let's speak on it. I have no fear whatsoever of anybody or anything. Welcome, welcome, family, back to YB Speaks, where we are changing the narrative. We are shining light on the darkness in hopes that we can truly change the world for good. Uh, Listen, I want to thank everybody for joining me here uh, for this podcast episode. This is a special podcast episode. This is podcast episode number 99. Yes, that is right. Podcast episode number 99. Uh, I can't believe I've been doing this for uh, this long. Um, I thank uh, thank God for allowing me to uh, continue to give you guys um, all this uh, content. Um, but if it wasn't for you guys continuing to watch uh, the YouTube channel to listen to the podcast, I still would not be doing these podcast episodes. So I thank you guys. I thank you guys. Give yourselves a round of applause. I thank you guys for uh, supporting. Um, yeah. So if you haven't already, it's your first time listening to this podcast or uh, you've been rocking with me for a little while, please share this with five people that you know. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, follow the podcast on Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. You can also catch me on YouTube. Type in the search bar at YB Speaks. You'll see the red, the black and the green. You know, it's me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into this episode today. Let's get right into this episode today. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Um, as I said in the opener, um, there are some ideas that is being pushed in higher academia uh, that is literally meant to dismantle the black family. And unfortunately, it's being pushed by prominent black professors, uh, one in turn by uh, Dr. Lamont Hill. I don't know if you know who Dr. Lamont Hill is, but you can Google him, look him up. Uh, we'll play some of the clips of him a little bit later, I'm um, going back and forth, literally having a conversation on whether or not a biological man or a man, can a man have a baby? Can a man carry a term? Uh, these types of ideas, these types of discussions um, are being had at our higher institutions, our colleges and universities all across America today. Um, and it's kind of sad. It's kind of unfortunate that it's being pushed through some of our smartest um our smartest minds in the black community. Uh, They're being used as pawns to push this leftist uh, LGBTQ community idea within the black community. And we know that, you know, uh, we know what the Bible says um, about those things in the, in the book of Leviticus in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, sorry, in Deuteronomy. Um, We know what God wants and requires of us not to do as the other nations have done according to the Torah. But unfortunately, uh, the black communities and abundance within the black community can care less about the Bible these days. Unfortunately, the Bible used to hold um, a strong influence in the black community, strong influence in the black community. Uh, But unfortunately, it no longer does. So what I want to do today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to 
look at this article written by Delano Squires. And you probably never heard of that name before. So who, who in the heck is Delano Squires? Well, Delano Squires is a research fellow um, in the Richard and Helen DeVos Center for Life and Religion and Family at the Heritage Foundation. He's also a contributor to the Blaze Media, who writes about faith, family, and culture, as well as the Blaze TV's Fearless with Jason Whitlock podcast. Uh, Delano's articles and essays have been published by Newsweek, the American Conservative, the Federalist, uh, the Institute for Family Studies, Black and Married with Kids, the root and the griot. All right. So that's just a little bit about uh, Mr. Delano Squires. So like I said, he writes for the Blaze Media and he wrote an article that I want to uh, walk you guys through because what I I like to do on this podcast is to bring you some things that you that you may not be aware of, right, that you may not have read, that you may not have seen and that you may not have heard. So we're going to go through this article with a fine tooth comb um, and then we're going to let I'm play you a clip uh, from Mr. Squires on uh, on an episode of Fearless with Jason Whitlock, um, so he can kind of explain himself in this article. I think it's actually a really good article. He didn't do anything wrong with the article. I think he just did a really good job at exposing what's actually going on um, in the culture that's impacting the black community specifically um, in a negative way. So let's look at the article. It's uh, You can find it on Blaze Media. I'll put the link to the article um, in this podcast description so you can read it for yourself. You know that I'm not adding anything or taking anything away from it. Uh, but it says, professors pushing pregnant men, single motherhood, and abortion on demand are destroying the black community. Professors pushing pregnant men, single motherhood, and abortion on demand are destroying the black community. Um, he goes on, the article starts off saying, so you're having my baby. And of course, as soon as I heard that, I heard forever, my lady. Yeah, I can't sing. I know it's okay. But that's what I heard in my head. And that's what uh, Mr. Squires uh, continues to uh, talk about that particular song. But let's let's get into it. You know, you guys don't want to hear me sing. Uh, you want to hear what Mr. Delano Squires has to say about this black community. <laughs> um but anyway, hey, listen, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But anyway, so you're having my baby. These are the first five words of the iconic song Forever My Lady by the R&B group Jodeci. The song released in 1991 on the group's debut album of the same name. It is sung from the perspective of a man who is fully committed to one woman and the children who are the fruit of their union. Lyrics like there's nothing more precious than to raise family stand in stark contrast to the pop artists today who push sex in their lyrics and promote abortion with their activism. I've sung the song to my wife at some point, each of her three pregnancies. But to Mark Lamont Hill, professor and media personality, the song is outdated and insufficiently inclusive. Why? Because Mark Lamont Hill believes men can get pregnant. Yes, you heard it right. He believes men can get pregnant. Yes, you read that correctly. Hill confirmed his belief when an old clip of him dialogue, his dialogue with Candace Owens circulated on social media this week. His response to the barrage of ridicule was unsurprising. Uh, Quote, I see that the heavily edited clip from my 2020 conversation with Candace Owens is making its rounds again. My position is the same. Yes, some men can get pregnant, trans men. For some reason, some of you are deeply outraged by this. I'm not sure why this rattles you all so much. End quote. Hill is a card-carrying member of the Aristocracy, the progressive leadership 
structure in black America composed of politicians, pundits, performers, professors, and preachers. Those five P's, ladies and gentlemen, are very important. I want you to remember those, so I will repeat it real quick. He is a part of the Afrostocracy, Afrostocracy, I'm sorry, the progressive leadership structure in the black America composed of the five P's. Listen to them. They're politicians, they're pundits, they're performers, professors, and preachers. These people police the borders of acceptable thought within the black culture and marshal their influence and resource to praise people they like and punish they punish those they don't. And if guys that uh, and I'm breaking away from the article here real quick, if that sounds familiar to you, I did a whole podcast on breaking. I believe it's called breaking free from uh, groupthink, I believe. Let me see here. Um. Hold on, I'm trying to find it. Trying to find it. Hold on real quick. Trying to get into this bad boy here. All right. Trying to get into my episodes list. It is, what is groupthink and how to escape it? What is groupthink and how to escape it? So if you want to know a little bit more about groupthink and what that is, uh, please go to that episode um, and see about it. But as uh, back to the article, as Mr. Squire says, these people police the borders of acceptable thought within the black culture and mar- culture and marshal, marshal their influence and resource to praise people they like and punish people they don't. The NAACP, the NAACP's decision to give Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union Wade an award for their promotion of gender ideology to applaud to the applause of the audience. It is a perfect snapshot of the uh, uh, aristocracy in action. The Wades are among the performers who use their professional accomplishments, wealth and good looks to influence and shape the values of their fans. Athletes and artists are the most visible members of of the aristocracy, but public intellectuals like Hill are by far the most dangerous. I want you guys to catch that. The athletes and the artists are the most visible, and I'll allow him to he'll talk about this a little bit later in the clip, but it's public intellectuals like Dr. Lamont Hill. Remember, he, he is a professor at Temple University. He is far more dangerous, Mr. Squire says, than the athletes and the artists. The reason why is simple, he says. Black leaders at the turn of the 20th century are committed to uplifting the race. Excuse me. Got a food still stuck in my teeth. We're going to get there. What? Uh, uh, See, the reason why is, is simple. Black leaders at the turn of the 20th century were committed to uplifting the race. Uh, their intellectual descendants are devoted to promoting theories that lead to degradation and destruction. Examples. Michael Eric Dyson, I'm sure you guys have heard of him, the professor at Georgetown University, diminished the importance of fathers on MSNBC, then went on Fox to encourage white people to create individual reparation accounts to atone for their privilege and cure racial inequality. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, reparations will not cure racial inequality. It's just not it's not going to happen. Look at look at the Native Americans. They got reparations. And they're far off worse for it. Have you ever been to a reservation? But they can create casinos. They are they're ta- they live tax free. They can go to college for free. Um, but those reservations are full of drugs, poverty, uh, teenage pregnancies, 
all these different things. It's, it's crazy. Uh, another example is Brittany Cooper, who's a professor at Rutgers University, is the person who said the black community does not need nuclear families to thrive. What? Yes, she said black communities do not need a nuclear family to, scri- to thrive. So if you're ignorant about what a nuclear family is, a nuclear family is the mother, the father, and the, and the children uh, in one home. That's a nuclear family. You have a mom, you have a dad, you have a child. Uh, preferably a married couple and children. That's a nuclear family. And we know that the black community up until about the 70s, when they start, when the black community starts shifting to this more democratic liberal kind of way, um, we believed in nuclear family and the black community was strong because of it. But as we move into uh, men who have, you know, sex with all kind of women having been, I saw a thing on Instagram. It was so sad. This guy, I guess, got seven different women pregnant and he refuses to take care of any of those kids. And those kids are going to grow up without their fathers. And wherever those kids are, their communities suffer because of it. Because it's through the family that we create strong communities. So goes the family. So goes the community. If the family's strong, the community's strong. The family's weak, the community's weak. It's not a coincidence that it's uh, some political pundits who make uh, government government uh, bills and create government uh, reforms that quote-unquote say it helps the black people, but it really hurts us, public aids and the welfares. I know sometimes hearing that can be a shock, but it really does hurt us because those programs actually break up the black family and doesn't allow the black family to stay together. But I digress. Let's get back into the article, she says that the black community does not need a nuclear family to thrive. This was not hot. This was not a hot take in the heat of a debate. She said the same thing in 2015 column in Salon. American families are changing and we should celebrate the fact that the two parent nuclear family idea has gone the way of the floppy disk. Wow. So we should celebrate the dismantling of the American family. We should celebrate the dismantling of the black community. See what I'm saying? This is why I said those things um, in my intro. I wasn't saying it for a hot take. I wasn't saying it to be uh, so you can just click on. Hey, uh, I want to listen to some more. Like literally there are people out here, specifically black professors in higher education, who their whole goal is to dismantle the black community. And if we dismantle the black community, that means we have to be our our number one enemy. If you want to dismantle the black community is the black family. And unfortunately, that's what they're going after. Let's look at another example. Carl Hart, professor at Columbia University, is a man who writes approvingly of his own heroin use, ladies and gentlemen. What? At a time when drug overdose deaths are at record highs, fentanyl and all this stuff pouring into the country. And he said he would rather his children interact with drugs than the police. What? I'll say that again. He would rather his children interact with drugs than the police. Let's look at another example. Greg Carr, professor at Howard University, is the person who said that women leaving Texas to seek abortions in in civilized, quote unquote, civilized states were channeling the spirit of Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. My good God, have mercy. He continues to write that none of these people are fringe, are fringe, quote unquote, fringe academics. In fact, all of them have been featured prominently, meaning they're, they're not outside of the norm. This is the norm in academia now. 
They have been featured prominently on MSNBC, CNN, and other media platforms targeted to black viewers. They are dangerous because their degrees and academic institutions give them an air of authority and legitimacy that makes listeners without a solid worldview vulnerable to being deceived. It is a lot easier to believe a boy can quote unquote transition to a girl if you hear it from an Ivy League professor than if it comes from a mechanic at Jiffy Lube. Thankfully, they are not all this way. Tara Jordan, a professor at Iowa State Studies, uh, studies issue related to the health of families. On her past research projects, explored the factors that influence black men to get married. Lydia Malone, uh, Lydia Malone Cullone of Hampton University is another academic uh, who uses her formal training for the greater good. She launched the National Center on African-American Marriages and Parenting in in 2009 in order to strengthen black families and to bring awareness to the connection between family structure and a positive social outcomes for parents and children. Um, Now she is using a $1 million grant from a nonprofit called Communio. uh, It looks like it says community, but Communio, C-O-M-M-U-N-I-O. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's okay. To support the work of the Hamptons New National Center on Black Family Life. This This collaboration will aim to equip churches with the tools they need to strengthen marriages and support families. There undoubtedly are others who are continuing the rich tradition of using their intellectual gifts for the benefit of the broader community. They just don't have the platform to reach the masses. So uh, break away a little bit. So unfortunately, that those who are speaking truth to power nowadays, those who are um, upholding the nuclear family, the mom and the dad in the house, those who uh, refuse to say that a man can be pregnant, Uh, Those who refuse to uh, link themselves with the LGBT community and the Black Lives Matter and all those different people, uh, they are being silenced in our community. So the people who actually got some sense and can actually help our community are the people who are being silenced in our community, unfortunately. Um, Because the, the biggest issue in our community, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't known already, it's not racism. It's not police brutality. You have so many other issues. It's a broken families. It's a huge issue. Issue. Um, literacy is a huge, huge itch, uh, huge ish. What? Sorry, I should have brought some water into the studio. Uh, is a huge issue. Excuse me. Uh, broken families, literacy, uh, being able to, uh, budget and handle our finances. Our worldview is off. These are the things that we should be focusing on in our communities. Okay. Not racism. And police brutality. Why? Because we focus on race all the time. You will spend your life looking for racism, which is something that's negative. Why would you spend your life looking for something that's negative when you can focus on the positive? Not to say that we ignore it and not to say that it doesn't exist. You deal with it in the moment, but then you move the heck on. And we, and ladies and gentlemen, you need, if, if you live in an urban center with more than 100,000 people, You already know how much you need the police. I ain't got to tell you. I ain't got to be a spokesman. I ain't got to be a spokesperson for the police. Have I had my run-ins with the police? Absolutely. Have I been wronged by the police? Absolutely. Have the police helped me out? Absolutely. Have I needed and called the police in my time of need? When whether there was a drive-by going on in the old neighborhood I was living at, my car recently got uh, got robbed. Uh, The police helped me find my vehicle. So you, you got to take the good with the bad in all situations. No, all cops aren't bad. And every cop you interact with ain't going to maybe not have the best day. 
but we shouldn't be spending our lives fighting police brutality and racism when those are not the issues concerning the building up of our community. We have, listen, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going off on a tangent here. I understand that. But a, a, a report came out, an education report came out on Baltimore and Chicago, and I'm sure other cities. But I was interested in the one in Chicago because I'm born and raised in Illinois. And unfortunately, in the Chicago school system, the Cook County school system, there were 50 schools, ladies and gentlemen, 50 schools that children were not reading at their grade level. Zero kids were reading at their grade level in 50 schools. Not one, not two, not three, zero. In 30 schools, zero children could do math at their grade level. And they also found out that these same students, this has been going on for a while, and these counties have been graduating students who cannot read, who cannot write, and could not do simple math. And we're worried about police brutality and racism. Are you kidding me? These are the things I talk about on this podcast to help wake ourselves up, wake our people up, that there are so many other problems in our community that we can actively solve. You cannot solve racism. You can't change somebody's heart. You can't do it. You can't change somebody wanting to harm you. Police, you can't do it. But what you can change, you can help somebody learn how to read. You can help somebody learn how to do a math problem. You can help somebody learn how to write. And these are things that we can do to to positively each and every day impact our community. But do we want to do that? Half of us? No. Because we're listening to the MSNBCs. We're listening to the CNNs. uh, We're listening to the NBCs and ABCs telling us that we should be social justice heroes against racism and police brutality. You know why they want to distract you with that crap? Because they don't want you to see how dismantled our community has become. So as they distract you with this Racism and police brutality over here, they're pushing in the LGBT community and all of their ideas over here. And it's ruining us. It's ruining us, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, back to the article. So this is an important point. Black intellectuals used to be a force for good. Even those one generation removed from slavery had a firm grasp on theology, economics, philosophy and political theory. One of the most important things about the people W.B. Du Bois called the Talented 10th was that they understood morality was a prerequisite to any hope of racial uplift. This is why they spoke often of their Christian faith and virtues that like temperance, modesty, diligence, and thrift. And I know Mr. Dono loves W.B. Du Bois. I have a lot of issues with W.B. Du Bois and how the NAACP got started and all those different things, but we'll save that probably for a podcast some other day. So listen to this. Professor Charles Henry Turner, a black biologist born in 1867, wrote the following in an essay entitled, Will the Education of the Negro Solve the Race Problem? He writes, in order to transform the majority of white trash and vagrant Negroes into new Southerners and new Negroes, it will be necessary to install into them, instill into them the following regenerating virtues. Number one, manners of a gentleman. Not the swagger of the dude, nor the cringing of a scapegoat, but the manners of being uh, permanent, permanent with the golden rule, permeated with the golden rule Two, cultured homes, not not necessarily extravagant mansions, but comfortable dwellings, 
wherein impoliteness, impotence, uh, intemperance, slander, indecent tales have given place to politeness, temperance, intelligence, conversations, and refined pleasantries. Two, uh, three, business honesty, not only punctual in the payment of debts, but also truthful in making sales. Number four, thrift, not the ability to hoard as a misser does, but the ability to spend one's earnings economically to purchase property and to lay by a little for a rainy day. Five, Christian morality, not the ability to shout well and to pray well and testify well, but the ability to live, but to live the Christ life. Six, the ability to do something well that the world desires bad enough to be willing to pay a good price for. Um, Booker T. Washington, breaking away from the article a little bit, Booker T. Washington writes exactly this about this in his uh, autobiography called Up From Slavery. I recommend it. Please read it. Booker T. Washington's Up From Slavery. It will change your life. Uh, going back to the article. Uh, this includes not only me mechanical, but also commercial and scholastic achievements. Seven, ability to lead the light of modern civilization. And finally, eight, love for justice and contempt for lawlessness. <clears throat> I particularly like that last part because a lot of people do not have a contempt for lawlessness these days. But anyway, the current crop of race obsessed progressive professors lacks this type of wisdom and understanding. They connect skin color to sin nature and too afraid to say anything critical about any black people publicly. They have become agents of intellectual dest uh, destruction and moral compromise. They fail to grasp. They what they fail to grasp is that people committed to um, obliterating the foundations of biological sex, dismantling the nuclear family, abolishing the police, destroying their offspring and numbering the pains of the result. Oh, excuse me, of the resulting chaos with narcotics will never truly be free. For all their talk about slavery and subjugation, they prove that physical chains are not the only way to keep people in bondage. Wow. He said a whole lot there. He said a whole lot there. Um, I agree with every single word that Mr. Delano's uh, Delano Squires has said in his article. Um, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Um, I'll I'll make sure if you're listening to this on Spotify, there will be a poll and we'll ask you, <clears throat> do you agree or disagree with the article? Um, and then I'll, I'll I'll put a Q&A on there and I'll ask you what exactly did you think about the article? And you can interact with this um, episode if you desire. Uh, now, I'm about, to, I'm about to go over and I'm going to let you guys listen to uh, Mr. Squire in his own words, um, explaining what he meant exactly uh, in this article. Let's listen to uh, Mr. Squires um, as he explains himself about this article. So, so what happened this week? On, on Twitter is that for some reason, the clip of, of Mark Lamont Hill talking with Candace Owens a few years ago um, started to go around. I guess it went viral or semi-viral. And she basically asked him a very simple question. Can she men said, get Can pregnant? Men... There uh, it is. I know, I know, what does I, it depend on? I know trans men that can get pregnant. That, that means it's a woman. Only one sex can well, that, get that's pregnant. That's a circular argument. That's it's not a circular the argument. Yeah. It's proving my thing. There is a truth, a concrete truth. You have to be born with a uterus to have a baby. Only women can get pregnant. The fact that we've arrived in a society right. that's the part I'm disagreeing with. That's the part I'm disagreeing with. There's nothing with. to disagree with. It. These are facts. So you can say that this person who is pregnant identifies as a man. That person was born a woman. I can tell you that every single time because only women can have sex because there are concrete truths about life. He doubled down on that. He did. And he's and, a college professor. And he, and he tripled down on Twitter 
when he he acknowledged, he said, oh, it looks like my my heavily edited, you know, conversation with Candace Owens is going viral for some reason. And he said, yes, I, I believe what I believe that that some men can get pregnant, that trans men can get pregnant. And and, and I the point of my column is that even though people like Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are the most visible P in in of the five P's in the Afrostocracy, right, the politicians, the pundits, the professors, the preachers and the performers, the performers are the most visible, but the most dangerous are the professors. And they're dangerous because they give legitimacy to some of the most reckless and destructive ideas that emanate in our culture. And what I said in the piece is that if if the if the notion that men could get pregnant started on the shop floor of the Jiffy Lube, nobody would take it seriously. If 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 it started um, in in the back room at a at a you know uh, the players lounge at a, at a baseball game, no one would take it seriously. If it started, if it got started by some farmhand in Iowa, no one would take it seriously. But 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 when someone says, I have a PhD from an Ivy League school and I studied, you know, sociology and anthropology mm-hmm. and all these other subjects that most people have never even heard of. Absolutely. Th- what comes with them is an air of authority and legitimacy. And especially when you can you can point to, again, the fact that you graduated from Harvard or Yale or Penn or Morehouse or Howard. Then people will say they'll say, oh, wow, well, this person must know what they're talking about. And particularly in our community where so many parents push their children, particularly their female children, their girls onto higher education, where for a long time, um, you know, the more educated black folk did occupy a particular space, right? The talented tent, that notion. We look to these people for guidance and they have completely led us astray. And people like, and I talked about Mark Lamont Hill, Michael Eric Dyson, who dismisses the importance of fathers on MSNBC and begs white folk for reparations on Fox. I talk about your best friend, Brittany Cooper, who, who, who says that she's glad that the nuclear family has gone the way of the floppy disk. I talk about Greg Carr, a professor of Africana studies at Howard University, who says that women leaving Texas for more civilized states to seek abortions are basically no different, are basically channeling the spirit of the Underground Railroad. And I talk about uh, Carl Hart, a professor of of pharmacology and psychology at Columbia University, a heroin user who in the midst of a record uptick in drug overdose deaths, writes an op-ed saying he uses heroin and he thinks other people should use heroin and hard drugs and narcotics are not that bad. And he had written one previously where he said he, he would rather his children interact with hard drugs than the police. This is this is the professoriate, the black intellectual class, the progressive black intellectual class today. Message. And this is why these people are agents of of intellectual destruction and moral Message. compromise. I, I. Wow. So he uh, pretty much obviously repeated uh, what you guys already heard there in the article, but I, I wanted you to let uh, I wanted you to be able to hear that from him, so you didn't think I was making these things up. Again, I'll put the link to the article uh, um, in the podcast uh, description. Also, 
Uh, don't forget to interact with the poll on Spotify. You can find me on uh, Spotify, uh, YB Speaks. YB Speaks, follow me there on Spotify so you can interact with the poll. Uh, it will uh, ask you, did you like the article? Did you agree with the article? Yes or no? And then you'll have a Q&A. Uh, I'll ask you, you'll have a chance to uh, write what you actually thought about this article. What, you th- what do you think about the, uh, <clears throat> the forward movement of the black community? What do you believe the black community will be in about 20 years? Uh, will we will we be stronger? Will the black community actually be dismantled because of a lot of these ideas? What I want to hear you guys' thoughts. So please go to Spotify. You can only find this on Spotify. Interact with the poll. Interact with the question. Um, I want to get you guys is um, I want to get you guys' opinion. Um, and if uh, some of them are good, I would definitely be reading them on the next podcast um, as well. You can also call in. I believe there's a link. Uh, through anchor that you can call you can leave like a voicemail type deal um and voice your opinion what do you guys think i want you guys to interact with this episode uh interact with this podcast anyway just on a on a on a podcast by podcast basis so if you guys leave a voicemail there on the anchor deal and if you leave a comment on spotify i will i will definitely get to those respond to them and you could be heard probably your 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 question your answer could be heard on the next episode of YB Speaks. That's all I have for today, ladies and gentlemen. Family, again, I thank you for joining. Please share this episode with five people that you know. Follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, I'm there. Subscribe, follow, uh, whatever they're prompting you to do. Uh, talk about this podcast on your social media platforms. You can find me at I am Yermiyahu. I am Y-I-R-M-E-Y-A-H-U on TikTok, Twitter, and on Instagram. Uh, it's been great uh, bringing this guy, bringing this information to you guys today. That's all I have. As always, light up the darkness, change the world. Be well.